Okay. Well, I read it, and uh. Oh, I vaguely remember this. Oh, okay. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Geek Chew. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And today we are doing our first ever podcast apart from each other. So if it sounds weird, or if it sounds bad, um, that's probably why. Because I'm on the road, and uh, we're testing out a new new way of doing it. So, <sighs> how's it going? <laughs> it's going okay. You didn't sleep well. Just because, I don't know, you know, anxiety, but it's okay. It's good. Um, Woke up early, but didn't wake me up, so that's nice. Yeah, I uh, forgot again to come up with, uh, maybe we could just call it the untitled news segment or something like that. (laughs) Um, Okay, that can be it for today. Yeah. Um, But I don't know, like. I didn't have a whole lot. I mean, there was, uh, they announced, uh, there's going to be a new Black Widow title. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, this, and the team from, that just wrapped up Daredevil is moving over to Black Widow. So it's going to be Mark Wade and Chris Somney, which is, uh, pretty, exciting. pretty exciting. Chris Somney's really good. Um, and the, I mean, there was a whole article, an exclusive article on Entertainment Weekly about it. If anybody wanted to see them talk about it and what they had to say about it, but, uh, exciting. Um, there's going to be a MacGyver reboot with CBS. Oh, goodness, really? Absolutely. I mean, they've been trying to make a movie for, for like a long time. And Maybe it, that spoof movie didn't do very well, right? Right. Well, MacGruber, yeah, from, yeah. <laughs> from SNL. Um, but, uh, MacGyver was was one of my jams back when it was on. Me too. We used to watch it all the time. Yeah. Um, the, uh, James Wan, the guy who directed Furious 7 and Insidious and the new director for Aquaman, he's been trying to make the movie for like a long time, I guess. And, um, so he's attached to the project as an executive producer and he's going to direct the pilot episode. And, uh, the other day when I was watching the opening credits to MacGyver, it's because that link was on that article. So, <laughs> pretty awesome, uh, like, two-minute credit sequence for MacGyver, MacGyver back in the day. Is that something that we can watch on streaming now, or it's not available? I don't know. It's probably available. I mean... Everything else in the Yeah. We can, we can check, but it might be a mistake. <laughs> we might, might want to leave it in the past. Um, um, well, I had some things I did this week. Yeah. Um, I listened to the Hidden Braid podcast, which I've mentioned to you a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't listened to the second episode. Um, it's fun and interesting. Um, it's not too long, which is nice. Uh, it's got some, like, segments with, like, I, I don't really like when there's, like, talking over music. Yeah. Stuff like in the middle, and it's just like uh, so. I don't love that, but you know, it's not like something that will keep me from listening to it. And then they do this fun thing where they like 
create a song at the end. <clears throat> anyway, you should listen to it. It's fun. Yeah, you know, with the uh, <laughs> that just made me think of uh, when I've gone back and listened to some of the old um, podcasts on like the Smodco network, like uh, the old Tell Em Steve Dave or even the old Smodcast podcasts. They had music underlaid through the whole podcast, and it was, you know, uh, maybe it was like typical back five or six years ago, but it is. It's super obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't need it, but yeah. yeah. But um, then I, I read this article um, about this, like, revolt against. Uh, this like little hipster cereal bar in London called Cereal Killer, and then like I don't know these pe- protesters turned violent and it was terrible. Anyway, it was just interesting that like it was on the Atlantic the, the article that I read. Um, and I didn't write the information down right here because I'm a dummy. Um, but I thought that was a good article. You should probably read that too, and then. There was another article called The Joyful um, Illiterate Kindergartners of Finland by Tim Walker, and that's also on The Atlantic, and that's an article just about education differences here and other places, and just like the, the whole, whatever, the testing that they have here and how different it is, yeah. expectations for children. It was an interesting read. And the most fun thing I did this week was join... Um, Sephora Play, which is like a new subscription box. Yeah. Um, that is super exciting. It's very exciting. I, I know. wanted to do a subscription box for a while. Um, I mean, we did, um, I did uh, Boot Crate for You for Father's Day one year for like a three month subscription, and that was fun. And, I mean, it was fun for me. I don't know. It was fun for you, probably. <laughs> It was fun. Um, I just think it's, you say it was fun, fun for you when all you did was sign up. You didn't get to uh, see any of the stuff because I was away, but. Yeah, but I got to see when you got home. Right. Stuff. Yeah. Um, when it came in and, uh, but it, this is fun stuff because it's all like beauty supplies stuff that I like. And there are other beauty supply subscriptions, but I think Sephora is probably a good choice because, you know, that's what they do. Right. Stores, and then, you know, anyway, I'm excited. And it's not very expensive. Some of them are more expensive than others, so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what. Oh, man, we got so distracted by the um, new setup that we didn't even say what we were going to be talking about today. I'm not done with my my new stuff, but we are going to be talking about The Martian because we went and saw that yesterday. No, Friday. Friday. Uh, Today's Sunday. And, um... Also, The Private Eye, uh, we read the first volume from Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin, or Marcos Martin, I'm not sure, um, you know, I would have just said Martin, but you brought up that it might not be quite so simple, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, we'll be talking about those things, but, um, there is potential for a, a Watchmen series on HBO, HBO confirmed that Zack Snyder has been talking to them. There's nothing, you know, in the works or anything, but it's a possibility. Really? Yeah. It makes me uneasy. 
Oh, yeah. I know, I don't know. Um, I mean, the movie, I really liked the movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, they have all those, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how many they're putting out anymore or if they're putting out any of them, but they, a few, a couple of years ago, they had all those spin-off series and, uh... Yeah, well, I didn't read any of those for... Right. You know, um, reasons. Um, you know. But, uh, so, I don't know, we'll see. Could be alright. Yeah. Um, so, along, you know, and along with all the Black Widow... Uh, news from earlier. It's it's October, so Marvel's all new, all different lineup is supposed to start rolling out, which is exciting because looks like they might have some good stuff. And I'm not sure um, the timeline seems off because Secret Wars still has several issues left. But uh, maybe Secret Wars doesn't need to be over for all these new series. Um, you'd think they want to establish their world after Secret Wars, <laughs> uh, before they start rolling into new series, but maybe not. Um, and there was an X-Files trailer, like a long two-minute one, that posted uh, earlier this week. So, very exciting. The trailer looks good. Uh, I have not been successful in going through the series up to uh, when they ended it. I haven't even made it through season one yet. <laughs> Maybe I'll get some more knocked out while I'm while I'm away. But I don't know. Speaking of fall TV, uh, we are definitely moving away from our plan to uh, report back on each blind spot episode because we couldn't even make it through the second one. Yeah, it was. We didn't even it, did we? What's that? We didn't even finish it, did we? We did not. We kind of looked at each other and asked if we absolutely had to finish it and decided no. Uh, so that's a no-go blind spot. Um, yeah, it just, it, uh, I know that was, you know, really articulate there, but that's just how I feel. Yeah. Uh, we did watch the entire second episode of Scream Queens, but yes, I, Courtney, we got into the car yesterday to go to GameStop. By the way, I forgot we did that. We went to GameStop so we could get Mario Maker. Right loves it, but um, he, we get in the car, and he looks at me, and he says, I cannot believe that you again watched Scream Queens without me. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I forgot. <clears throat> so. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty mad. It, I, I am enjoying it, actually. It, I, oh, you're I, enjoying I, it more I, now? Watch it, or want to enjoy it. You're enjoying it more now? Yeah, definitely. Like, the hmm. second episode, I definitely like more um what is the name of the actress that plays the like security guard oh i don't know she's hilarious and i really like her <clears throat> and there's like that one scene with um with her and is it kiki palmer is the name of the actress yeah you're her. asking the wrong person <laughs> okay i think her name's kiki palmer if i remember correctly um and they're in the car I wish I could remember her name. I should just look it up on IMDb. But um, they're, you know, having this little exchange because she's accusing Kiki Palmer's character, whose name is... Oh, she has the funniest name, too. I'm trying to look it up as you're talking, so... Um, 
anyway, it, that's like such a funny exchange, such a good part. I guess like my least. Yeah, Kiki Palmer is Zayday Williams. Zayday. <laughs> and uh, the security guard is, um, well, I'm not sure how to say her name. Um, Nicey Nash. N i e c y Nash. Nisi, maybe. Who knows? Uh, I, I guess I never knew her name because that doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, that does not sound familiar to me at all. Um, but I don't know. At the end of the second episode, I thought about it the next day, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I like it that much anymore. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I guess like the least interesting part for me is definitely like the the golfer guy, whatever. Like yeah, Chad. Air, yes. Something. I don't like him. I don't like the relationship with Chanel. Uh, I, I don't like that exchange, which is too bad because I know I've said this a million times how much I, I love Emma Roberts, but um, the cat is scratching at the door and trying to get in here. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I should just let her in. I don't know. It's up to you. I can't really hear it, but. Okay, perfect. But, uh, you know, like, I like the other stuff going on in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll keep watching it with you guys. Um, but, yeah, it was just by the end of that second episode, the stuff you hadn't liked about the first episode, uh, it started to get too much for me by the end of the second episode. So, yeah. But, uh, anyway, Flash and Green Arrow both start this week. So that's exciting. Yeah, uh, and obviously Supergirl still to come, but uh, we watched The Grinder, which so far my favorite new show for sure. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's got you know Rob Lowe and Fred Savage and uh, a pretty good supporting cast, and um, I didn't re- for some reason I. I it just seemed like the kind of show that was going to run for an hour, but it's really just like a half hour network comedy show. And it was, perfect. yeah, it was like how everything has to be. It was a perfect length. Like half hour is a really good length for that show. And the show was hilarious. Rob Lowe was hilarious. Fred Savage is awesome. Um, their dad who like <laughs> enables the, uh, you know, the the storyline is the dad and Fred Savage are both lawyers, and Rob Lowe played a lawyer on TV, and now his TV show's over, and he's trying to figure out what to do, and he decides he's going to be a lawyer as well. And and it's, <laughs> it's hilarious how the, the dad just kind of was like, yeah, that sounds that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> just, just Fred yeah, Savage is incredulous, and, <laughs> and everybody <laughs> just keeps like pushing the grinder. Is uh, It's really good. I recommend it. I like Grandfather, too. It was good, but it was um, it wasn't anything I needed to keep watching. I, I'm definitely going to keep watching the grinder. Uh, I mean, maybe I, I sort of think I like grandfathered more, but yeah. little babies are appealing to me. Yeah, it was good. It was. Uh, I don't know who else is in that besides John Stamos. I mean, it, it had a pretty good. Uh, Patrick Brewster. Yeah, it had a pretty good cast, but. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, 
Um, and then, uh, oh, what's her name from Christina Milian? She's in that show. Yeah. I enjoyed that show. It was very fun to watch. Yeah. But I don't have anything else. Did you? Uh, no. We can move on and dive into The Martian. So, yeah, it is. Um, I mean, obviously, the movie has been very well received up to this point. Uh, it's a Ridley Scott film and stars. I mean, Matt Damon is an astronaut who gets stranded on Mars. His crew thinks he's dead. They take off. Um, I mean, the the cast is, is kind of... Um, unbelievably big and um, pretty impressive, uh, especially for uh, the kind of movie it is. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a castaway movie where Matt Damon, when he's on screen, he has to carry the movie cause it's just him. Right. Um, but they do uh, have a lot of, uh, you know, back on earth or the crew who left them. Um, a lot of the movie involves them and what they're doing to try to get him back as well. And, uh, I mean, um, the whole movie, no matter what part it, it's concentrating on plays really well. Yes. Um, uh, Jessica Chastain is in it. Kate Mara, uh, Sebastian Stan. Um, they're, you know, from the crew, uh, Kristen Wiig and Jeff Daniels, um, Oh, Michael Pena's on the crew too. I know, yeah. Dude from Ant Man, uh, who is having a pretty good summer of 2015, I think. Well, I guess it's not summer anymore, but <laughs> he's having a pretty good 2015, uh, I think. I mean, it's got Sean Bean, uh, Chowetel Ejiofor, who I, I haven't seen in anything because we, we haven't watched 12 Years a Slave, uh, and I'm not sure what else he's been in. But I think this is the first movie I've actually seen him in. I really liked him. I feel like has he been on television, like any TV shows? Because I feel like, or maybe I've just seen his face so much late, you know, lately that he seems so familiar to me. Oh, we did see uh, Children of Men. He was in that, but I don't remember him. Um, oh, that's right. I remember. Yeah. But uh, Donald Glover is that who the the kid is? He's pretty good too. I, I, I really liked the whole cast. It was a really good movie. <laughs> um, but I don't know from, from the beginning, like as soon as they open up the movie and it, um, and it kind of shows the, the horizon of Mars, like for some reason in my head before we got there, I assumed there'd be some lead up to them going to Mars. But as soon as I saw that they're right on Mars, I'm like, well, that makes sense. They're not wasting any time with like how they got there. They're there. They're going to jump right into yeah, and there's no, like, I mean, the, the little bit of time that we see the entire crew together on Mars, because it really is only a short period of time, You, the, the writing is such that you really get a good feeling of the relationship these people have with each other <clears throat> and their personalities just by their communication with each other. And it's all, like, radio communication, too, like, over their mics. Yeah. Which is, um, well done and interesting and uh, um, easy. It's just easy, you know. Yeah. Um, to fall into it. 
So, I mean, basically there's, first of all, uh, storms on Mars look terrifying. Like I know, well, I don't know what kind of research they did as far as what storms on Mars look like. <laughs> um, but they, they look terrifying in this movie. Um, and, uh, you know, the storm rolls in, they run into issues. Uh, Matt Damon's character, Mark, Mark Watney, who's a, a botanist on the trip, uh, gets slammed into some, by some debris and flies, flies off and they think he's dead. So they take off. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the movie is basically just, um, this pattern of there's a problem and Matt Damon or, you know, even the people back in, uh, on earth, uh, there's a problem and there's a solution has to be found through, you know, science and ingenuity and using your, using your brain being, a you know, like being an, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast yesterday that said, it's like, uh, the movie is, um, really spouting the virtues of being a nerd, but not, not a nerd, like, Oh, Batman, a nerd, like who uses their brain. To <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It was really, it's really good. The, um, the, the movie is based on, you know, the book by Andy Weir. And I read, um, a short article last night that, uh, I don't know, he'd written like a, a post about it. This was back, um, in 2014 before, obviously before the movie was made and all that. But, you know, the, the book was, um, he was just writing it as like, originally it was a free serial novel. Like he would post a chapter on his website every, you know, whenever he was done and he posted one chapter at a time and he got a bunch of feedback on the web and, you know, people like scientists, like really enjoyed reading it, I guess. And they would, you know, tell him, you know, what, what worked and what didn't work. And, with that feedback, he kind of, uh, was able to, um, you know, fix the book as it went. And it was only through, um, like his readers wanted to be able to get it and download it on their Kindle. So he formatted it for Amazon and he had to put it up for 99 cents cause Amazon wouldn't let him put a, put it up for free. And, and once it went on Amazon, it like skyrocketed to the top of the uh, you know, the, the list of popular books and, you know, just kind of rolled from there, uh, option for a movie and all this stuff quite unexpectedly to the author, according to the author. So, uh, but I do want to read the book too. I'd yeah, like to, what, like sort of his science background is because all of yeah. Right. Um, you know, we aren't, you know, sending people to Mars. Right now. We aren't, um, you know, like no one has been there. Um, so it didn't at all ever once feel like science fiction, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. It just seemed like kind of this future world where, um, you know, technology. Not, not had, a future either. It kind of felt like right now. And right. But obviously it's in the future because 
humans are on Mars. <laughs> um, huh? Maybe it's next year. Maybe. But yeah, I'd read a, I didn't like click on the article, but I read a, a title to an article that said something about like why movies are now better than books, than the books they're based on which I think is kind of overstating it. I think they're doing a much better job adapting movies. Like, um, I do want to read this book and see, um, the book apparently has a lot more science in it, but, uh, things like gone girl, which, um, I was at some point going to write a blog post about, cause I finally read gone girl and rewatched the movie. And you read it? Yeah. When did you read it? <laughs> it was like a couple months ago. I, I read, it was sitting on the kitchen table for like a month while I read it. It was sitting on that kitchen table for a long time and no one touched them. So I just didn't notice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, they did a really good job adapting that um, into a movie. And maybe I will still write that blog post now that I'm going to have a little bit of extra time on my hands. But, uh, you know, the timely blog post about Gone Girl and how the movie relates to the book. <laughs> but... Um, I think it's probably an overstatement to say that the books are now better than the movies they're based on, but I do remember when movies based on books were terrible if you read the book first. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Um, it's like the parts with just Matt Damon are, um, uh, really, really well done. He really carries his, um, his part of the movie quite, um, you know, I don't know, definitely he's, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, the right blend of, um, ingenuity and, and a sense of humor about his situation, um, life in general, but also, you know, his, uh, quite dire situation. Uh, the movie is actually pretty funny. Yeah, this, I mean, it's very, very funny, and um, but also like really scary and intense. Um, I know, <laughs> as yeah. things, as things like start to go wrong, like some of the stuff that goes wrong, you're just like, oh my god! Like you really start to feel just like uh, the crushing weight of. Uh, At any point, did you think maybe he wasn't going to make it back? No. Not me either, but like, because like I just, I had to believe. Right. Yeah, I never felt like he wasn't going to make it back, but when something like that happened after he had worked so hard on whatever, it was, it was really, (laughs) it was was soul crushing in movie terms. Um, but he did, I mean, I don't know, there's the humor, but he also did a really good job. I thought like, um, I don't know, just showing a range of, uh, the different things that he feel like uh, at one point, uh, there's a storm outside and I don't know if this would really work. I mean, he basically has like a tarp over, um, over a part of the little, um, hab that he's living in and it's like duct taped and cargo strapped down. And well, it's not duct tape exactly. That's like, right. But I mean, it's, it's like blowing in and out and you can just like the, uh, the nerves, uh, and how he feels, how it makes him feel like <laughs> being yeah. so close to just, um, 
you know, any any little thing that goes wrong could just be it. But I don't know. Did you have other stuff on the movie? No. I mean, I don't want to like give away, you know, I mean, I suppose we did just give away that he makes it off of (laughs) the planet. Um, but come on, (laughs) who doesn't think he's going to make it off the planet? So, uh, The Martian. Excellent movie. Yes. Excellent, excellent. Uh, that's probably one I could watch again and again, which I don't say that a lot about like, right. movies that are that. Like, usually the kinds of movies that I can watch again and again, and again are like either romantic comedies or comic book movies. Or, yes, that's true. Yeah. Well, maybe I just make you watch those again and again. No, I, like, I do. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I never don't want to watch them, but when I'm, like, home... I yeah, really, I want to go see it, like, in IMAX 3D. I really wish that we had, and yeah. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Um, so maybe I will. Maybe I'll go to the movies by myself. I, I think I am going to go to the movies by myself if there's a uh, theater that will accommodate. Um, I think this would lend really, obviously, like, I mean, I think it would utilize the that format. I've, I've heard that it does, that it's really good uh, in 3D from a couple different podcasts that I've listened to. Uh, I've just heard that it uses it really well. So, um, maybe, maybe, well, it's not like I don't have time to drive to an IMAX theater if there's not one nearby. Um, so, moving on to The Private Eye. So we read volume one. This is the comic book by Brian K. Vaughn and uh, Marcos Martin, Martin slash. Uh, and it's, it's Second interesting. After the cloud has burst and there's been a massive information leak, it's very biblical in the way it's described. Right. And of course it, it lasts 40 days. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it in 2076 LA after what, like 40 years after the cloud burst. Something like that. And, um, so basically there's no internet. There's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, um, privacy is, is at a, at a premium now after, you know, everybody's, really protected um, in a way that it's not right now. Like we live in currently in a society where people don't think um, anyone should be allowed to have secrets, you know, if they're doing, I mean, on the small scale, people feel that way. But when information gets leaked and people's private stuff, especially people who are high profile gets leaked or emails get hacked, everyone thinks they have a right to, to have access to that information and know what's been going on in these private emails and, and private things that people do and don't, you know, when they don't realize that there's a, that other people will have access to that at some point, you know? Right. Um, and so the, the, the book opens up on, on the main character, this, uh, they refer to him as PI eventually. And, um, 
you know, because his code name is Patrick Immelman, he's also like a private eye, but he's basically like a paparazzo and, uh, that is not tolerated in the, (laughs) um, in this world where like you were just saying, um, you know, the privacy is uber, uber protected. And, um, you know, this is, this is a, a kid who basically feels, um, like what, what you just said, if he's, he's willing to, um, I don't know, you know, dig a little deeper and expose somebody's private life. If he thinks that, um, he has a right to it or if somebody else does and is paying him to, to get that information. Right. At first he really doesn't have much of a conscience actually. It's all about like the cash. Right. Um, and as long as he's not going, as long as he's protected, um, you know, he'll give up any information. Yeah. And, um, the, there, I guess there's like the police are not the police. It's the fourth estate. It's, um, detective, reporters uh run who who have yeah who have guns and um are given authority um as as the police and it's interesting um you know the world people have uh, you know taken that uh privacy from the that used to exist for some <laughs> on the internet and kind of brought it into the real world with these hologram, um, nims that cover their head or just even just masks that they'll wear out. So they don't have to, yeah. Um, and the fourth estate, they walk around like in trench coats and a, a hat that says press, like they're clearly identified. Uh, I don't know. And, like, you know, the opening scene is the fourth estate guy is in pursuit of PI and he's kind of communicating back with his, uh, his boss or the, the home station. And since they're basically like writing the story as he's in pursuit of, uh, this guy, which I thought was, um, kind of funny. Um, I don't know. Um, did you read the pitch at the back? I did. Um, there were some things I didn't like about that that I'm glad were changed in the actual book. Like what? Like the description of um, Taj as she, you know, hires P.I. And just like, you know, she's dressed in a tight black dress and whatever in the description and then they change it and she's wearing like this huge coat that covers up you can't really see and a tiger head (laughs) yeah and the tiger head yes but um you know i mean and the tiger head was there as well but i think that you know if you're going to to be in a society where you're trying to mask your identity you wouldn't necessarily wear form-fitting clothes where you can you know be obviously identified as woman or whatever or draw attention to yourself in that respect do you know what i mean yeah and then there was also this, um, it, you know, he said that there's going to be like, uh, I, I didn't write down the, I should have quoted it, but, um, you know, uh, 
the, they changed, you know, lots of guns and well, fishnet stockings, and I just thought that was kind of gross. But, um, and looking back, I didn't see bunches of fishnet stockings, so that was good. Um, it's just for that to be, I don't know, it just... Yeah, I guess I didn't um, get into it that that much. Like I, I read his, I got, I, I, I just kind of skimmed it for his basic um, pitch to the artist. And now I, I read it in detail. Um, I'm also glad that they changed the title from well, Society to Private Eye. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, but yeah, I just I think that the like just specifically that scene where she is hiring PI and wants to be anonymous and his thing is like I can tell you we're a woman but you know other people necessarily wouldn't be able to and that makes total sense instead of her being in tight black dress. Right. So but, um uh, yeah. yeah the the world was um set up really well. The characters are um you know typical uh Von, Von Brian K Vaughn fashion I guess characters are really well written. Um and so this is the first volume and they kind of introduce this. Um, I mean, he is a villain and he is a murderer. Um, but you know, I think he's, he's written in a way that, you know, kind of makes his, uh, stance on, um, makes his stance on the world and what he's trying to change, at least something that you can relate to, not necessarily how he goes about doing it, but Daguerre is, is the, the big bad. And he's basically, um, trying to bring back the internet, I guess. Right. And he's got these two French thugs that, <laughs> um, I like that, that work for him. Uh, you know, you can't have a revolution without the French. And right. This is funny because, you know, it's 300 years after. Yeah. Um, <laughs> P.I.'s grandpa from, uh, Gramps. yeah, from, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I was going to say, uh, that he's old. He's, uh, but you know, his grandpa is sort of stuck in the world, um, as it was before the, the cloud burst and the internet is gone and he's got this phone that he thinks should work and smart, yeah, you know, smartphone and. Um, but I don't know. I, I, the book is really good. I definitely want to get the, the second volume. Yes. Um, and you know, one of the big things about this book, but I mean, any, uh, Brian K Vaughn book is kind of a big deal in the comic book world. Uh, but you know, this one is, um, 100% digital and it, it runs on his, uh, panel syndicate.com website and it's, um, you know, you can pay, whatever you want to, to get it. Like you can put one cent in there and you get the, the first, you know, whatever issue or volume you want. Um, that hasn't happened. Of course, you know, he's the bit, right. He's one of the biggest names in comics. So it's debatable on how, how well that'll work for other people. But they say, um, that they're making more money on this book than they would if they had written a, you know, successful book at Marvel or DC. Um, and so that's, that's, uh, you know, a really interesting part of, of the book. And, you know, when, when they did it, uh, when they started it, um, 
it definitely, I definitely read somewhere that it was never going to be in print. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I heard on an interview with someone that when they, they talked about this book a little bit, just touching on it, and I, don't, I wish, I mean, it would have been in the last year sometime, so a lot of that's just missing from my memory, the details, but I feel like he has said, you know, like, no, it's not going to be in print. Has that changed? Yeah, I guess it has, because I, I read a, um, an article from the July Image Expo, uh, where, I mean, it's basically, um, uh, they worked out like a trade-off with the Robert Kirkman and cause Kirkman wanted to release it as a volume through, uh, image comics. And they said, um, well, that's, that's fine. As long as we can do a, like a standalone walking dead story and post it on the panel syndicate.com website. And so this uh, creative team is going to do a walking dead story and put it up on panel syndicate and there will be a printed version of the private eye through image, which is interesting, (laughs) but I don't know. We could probably talk about the second volume when we read it. Um, because it's, Right. Um, you know, libraries being such a big deal because that's where people go to get information now. So yeah, like the librarians are like rock star kind of. You don't really get the impression that they're rock stars from from the first volume. At least I didn't. But, no, I didn't either. But when I I read something, I don't know if it was in the back or um, if it was in an article. But uh, their librarians were like a big deal. Um, right, because they're. Um, information with yeah. like information that, you know, so. yeah um i don't know something else had popped oh i like the um they have uh i don't know the tubes where like kind of it seems like kind of the seedy underbelly of um the city that they're in anyway uh where people go to do whatever but they they refer to, um, you know, they have salons and stuff there, which I thought was, was funny. Um, not funny, funny, just, you know, like, you know, they had salons during the American revolution where people would right. gather and share ideas and they have that same stuff going on here in this yeah, world. I and, well, I, I mean, it's obviously done on purpose. Right. Well, clearly it's done on purpose. Yeah. Um, it's very smart. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. The second volume's the last volume. It's you know the run the run has ended, so it's um, you know it's not going to go on and on. We'll see the conclusion when we get the uh, the second volume. But um, I don't know. Did you have anything else about the book? No, I don't think so. I like the colors. It was very um, vibrant. Yeah, vibrant colors. Um, I liked, you know, 
in that first few pages with all the color and, um, you know, you see him being chased and then he gets down on the ground. Like, I thought, oh, it must be Halloween because I didn't read anything about this book at all before reading it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't remember any of the premise or anything, having heard, you know, things in interviews in the past or whatever. All of that had slipped my mind, so... It was just a fun introduction, and I was like, you know, it didn't, it didn't really seem weird. I just made, like, a reason for it in my head that it wasn't true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was really a fun-to-look-at book. Yeah. Uh, as, as well as, you know. Um, Good story. Good story. So. All right, well, I guess that'll probably wrap up this episode. It's crazy that this is the first time we've had to do one uh, separated. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, it's well, fine. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, I like that we can still do it. Yeah, me too. I just don't like it. You're so far away. Hopefully, I am able to um, successfully save this audio file, not screw anything up, and we'll have a new episode posted uh, sometime later tonight, maybe, if I have a chance. i got to do more driving today, but... Um, I don't know if you heard Jacob come in and then go out, but I think the, the sound is pretty good because you didn't make any comment about it. Yeah, I heard the door open, but I didn't, I didn't hear him. He so. say one thing, but I was like, hey. Well, that's a, <laughs> that's a small miracle. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like he, he peeked his head in and I was like, you know, yeah. not doing the, the uh, shushy face. And yeah. Like, get appeared, so I, I gave him. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, same as always, we are on Twitter at GeekChew and Facebook. We have a page there for GeekChew, Instagram. Um, episodes are available to download on our website where we also have blogs, which we post to uh, so infrequently that, you know, um, that there's about two uh, posts for each of us after the last year and a half, but we're gonna have two total. What? <laughs> What's that? I think you have four, and I have two. No, I think I took two of them down because I was like, "These are stupid." So um, I only have two. <laughs> okay. We're tied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, you can download the episodes there, but you can also subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Leave a review. Leave a rating. Um, I don't know. Did I, I feel like I missed one thing. Oh, we are, uh, you can reach us on the website, but we also have an email address, geekchew at gmail.com. And, uh, I guess that's it. You have anything else? No. All right. It was fun. It was smart. We liked it. <laughs>